Just, uh, just kind of some housekeeping things. We're going to get back into Acts uh, next week. Uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 11 as we work through the book of Acts. And so uh, we'll be there next Sunday. But today, just have one more housekeeping message to do, uh, a message on church membership entitled uh, Membership Matters. So I want to take you back to a, a year and a half ago. Okay, just think about a year and a half ago, 2020. Um, beginning in January, I began a series of sermons on uh, a church membership. And, and I set forth a vision for Rock Valley Bible Church, how we're going to transition from informal membership, which we have practiced forever, to formal church membership. Um, basically, in other words, right, we're talking about rather than simply coming to church and becoming involved and becoming more and more involved as the, the Lord leads, we're just transitioning to be a little bit more proactive and um, defining what it means to be part of Rock Valley Bible Church and formally committing from a congregation side, formally committing from an elder side, just to set expectations of that. And for those of you who were here uh, a while ago, um, you remember I used the illustration of two dating, uh, of two people dating, having a DTR discussion. And a DTR, of course, is what? Define the relationship. <laughs> Thanks, Vicki. <laughs> Define the relationship. Like, where are we going? Like, uh, is this heading towards marriage? Or is it sort of like, like maybe not? Are we just friends? Or what's our level of commitment? How much time should we spend together? What sort of things should we be talking about? I mean, that's what a, a DTR discussion is all about. Now, we aren't dating couples, okay? We're, we're not looking to be married. We are church members. But thinking about our relationship with one another, thinking about relationship with the leaders of the church, and uh, a DTR discussion is really what we want to have at Rock Valley Bible Church, put some formality into the structure of all of us at church, right? Set some expectations. What can we expect from each other? What can you expect from the, the leaders? More intentional about what we're doing at church, what we're aiming for at Rock Valley Bible Church. Remember 18 months ago, then I preached four sermons on the topic of church membership. I began talking about church membership in history, which I took a historical survey, real quick survey about how churches in the past like from, from the apostolic time down through our age, have, have chosen to practice church membership. And we saw that there's great freedom in there. There's not a right way or a wrong way. Churches have done it many, many different ways all throughout the, uh, the centuries. Just like us at church, we do church our way, but there's lots of different ways to do church. And no one way is prescribed, and so also as it comes to church membership, lots of different ways. Then I preached a message called Church Membership in the Bible, which I, I tried to show from the New Testament how the, the Bible shows the importance of, of dealing, defining the makeup of the church. That in, in the New Testament church, there were clearly people who were in the church and clearly people outside the church. Uh, oftentimes, uh, Jesus even talked about those who are out, they're outsiders. And uh, Paul talked about those out of the church as opposed to those in the church. And church membership is just a, a means to make that distinction like really clear. Who's out of the church? Who is in the church? My third message was entitled Church Membership in Practice. I put forth a picture of what church membership should be like, and uh, I, I went through a lot of the one another's of, of what the Bible calls us to be as we are in a community of, uh, of one another's, what it means that we are a unified group, meeting together on a regular basis, showing our love for one another, bearing our burdens with one another, serving one another, encouraging one another, and just setting forth that picture of what a a church should be like. And finally, I presented a message entitled Church Membership at Rock Valley Bible Church, in which I talked about our church and our mission and our vision, our values, and uh, our vision also put forth then a plan for us to transition from uh, informal church membership to formal church membership. And if you were here at that time, 
uh, we passed out this, this membership form. It was really simple. Just on the front was a place for you all to commit to things. On the bottom, for the elders to commit to some things. A testimony on the back and a, a place to serve and a question about baptism. And the plan here was really to give you time to think just about this form and, uh, and about things. And uh, see, so yeah, I preached those messages in January, finished by about mid-February, and then what happened in mid-March? <laughs> COVID hit. And all of a sudden, we were separated and apart, and, uh, and we've come back together. But still, even when we're back together, there's still a sense where we're apart. However, um, though it seems right, we're just starting to come out of COVID now, uh, especially as a church, uh, especially with widespread vaccines, especially with equilibrium at the church. Either you're going to get it or you're not going to get it. Where, where we are, uh, time seems right for us to pick up the initiative and define our relationship with one another and draw us together as a body, really help us to go forward some missions, really think a time where we can like redefine ourselves, uh, what we are, like, kind of like after COVID, like this is, this is the perfect thing that we need to really come together to think about us and the dynamics of where we are as a church that we might go forward. In fact, I would argue this is our greatest need right now for a church is to restore the community that we lost through COVID. We need this as a church. In fact, you need this. Um, you need the encouragement that comes from part of being close with people. Uh, I need this. I need the encouragement that comes when we're functioning well as a church. Uh, one of the things that's written in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, is the writer of Hebrews um, just tells about people who are, who are in the habit of not meeting together. And, and he encouraged them and he exhorted them to come. He, he, said, he said this. He said, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as so you see the day drawing near. And just the, with COVID, there's been that habit, and it needs to be overcome and breaking down. And, and talking about membership is a perfect time uh, for that. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is just uh, walk through a simple passage of Scripture, just remind you again what it is a church membership looks like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can open there in your Bibles. If you have them there to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the title of my message this morning is called Membership Matters. And uh, I thought of any text just to help encourage us with is 1 Corinthians 12 that just seeks to describe what the church is and, and what it's about, particularly as we think about spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about every church member doing his or her part in the body to build up the, the body. And my plan this morning is to really walk quickly through this text and uh, then to spend a good deal of time just really practical, like what are our next steps to try to establish your church membership again as we take a second run at things. And the book of 1 Corinthians, written to a church in Corinth, which by the way was not a great church. It was not your model church. In fact, it, I'm not sure if you call it a bad church, but it was a, as a disobedient church filled with problems. There were factions in the church. There was immorality in the church. There was idolatry in the church. There was a lack of love in the church. There was pride in the church. There was doubt in the church. And uh, Paul, it's interesting, he, he planted this church. When we get in our exposition of Acts 2, Acts chapter 18, we'll see Paul planting the church in Corinth. He, he stayed there for 18 months and so knew the people well, and then he was off, and, and they asked him some questions, and so he was responding to them, trying to correct some of the problems in, uh, uh, in the church. In fact, we see how he's going to address this issue of spiritual gifts there in verse 1. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, 
It's a common phrase of Paul in chapter 7, verse 1. He speaks about now concerning the matters about which he wrote, right? They wrote Paul about these matters they were concerned about, and so Paul's writing to them to explain about marriage and singleness in chapter 7. And in chapter 8, verse 1, he begins, now concerning food offered to idols. And so he begins to address that issue. They'd probably asked him this question about that, and he was responding to that. So this now concerning introduces a subject. Um, and here, the subject in verse 1 has to do with spiritual gifts. That is, I believe, spiritual talents and abilities that God gives to those who believe in him. Because right, those in Corinth were really confused about this subject. And so he's, he's saying, you're not acting appropriately. And so here's the things you need to know about how to interact within the church. Paul seeks to put things right. And we're just going to go through this text actually pretty fast. He says, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And Paul begins these first three verses by, by simply saying this, that God's gifts glorify God. I mean, it seems simple to us, it seems obvious to us, but for some reason, it was not obvious to those in Corinth. See, of course, when God gives gifts to us, they are, are for His glory, and the one filled with the Holy Spirit will not curse Jesus, and the one praising Jesus right, must come from God, that that is even spoken. And it, it seems simple enough, but maybe it's an indication of those in Corinth, because they had a pagan background, and they're dealing with some idols, um, you know, the duplicity of things that maybe there was, you know, they, they were just confused about these spiritual gifts that were not glorifying God or the spiritual gifts, but that were not exalting God. They were exalting the devil or Jesus is accursed or some other false doctrine, whatever. It's real obvious. Spiritual gifts, whatever gifts that God has given us are for the glory of God. Second, we find out that they are for our good. In fact, we find out in verses 4 through 7 that they are for our common good. We, we see this here. It says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, at this point, Paul begins to share how, how God works in the life of every church. He gives a variety of gifts to a variety of people so they can serve the body in a variety of ways. And, and yet, one of the things that Paul does here, he continues to come back and continues to come back. He says the same Spirit, it's the, the same Lord, it is the, the same God. These all, all these gifts come from the same source, the, the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all working in harmony together. These gifts aren't given haphazardly or randomly. They all come with an aim, and the aim is seen in verse 7. They are for the common good. That is, God brings together all the gifts of the body for the good of the people. Right? Not for the good of individual people, but for the, the good of the whole, for the collective the common good, the good of the body. And that's what Paul's saying. And apparently, right, if you just read into that, it means those in Corinth were, like, using the gifts for themselves, to exalt themselves. You see that in 1 Corinthians 13, which is a rebuke. says, you guys aren't loving at all. You guys have no idea that love is patient and kind. 
You all, love is, is not kind. And you guys are, are not using your spiritual gifts in a, in a, in a, a right way. Rather, you're selfishly lose, using it for yourself and for your own glory. But gifts are given for the common good. Uh, thirdly, we see here that, that God's gifts are for all believers. I, I believe that's the emphasis of verse 8 through 11. He's just kind of talking about, about given here and this gift and this gift and this gift, kind of like he's just like, like, like divvying them out. It's like, uh, you know, uh, um, maybe a, a, a candy store owner who's got kids, and he's just kind of giving some to like everybody. Every kid that walks in the door is given candy to. That's, that's the feel that you get from this. If you look in verse 7, it says this, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That is, each and every believer is given a portion of the Holy Spirit. Nobody is left on Christmas morning without a gift. And initially, what happens at salvation is when someone trusts in Christ, and they're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption, right? Not, not only are just sealed for the day of redemption, but also God gives gifts to people, I- I- empowering them with, with spiritual abilities in their lives. And, and beginning in, in verse 8, Paul gives these examples of what it looks like. He says, to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another, the, the working of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. In these verses, right, all different types of spiritual abilities are given. The ability to know how to apply the ways of God to life, that's called wisdom. To take God's Word, right, to take the truth of God and apply it to life. That's, to some, have been given wisdom. Not right. We we all should fear the Lord. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it's that people fear the Lord. There's a wisdom there, but it's just kind of talking about maybe an extra, special sort of wisdom. We see some to know the ability to know the ways of God, right? To know their theology really well. This is a gift of knowledge. Some to per- believe in the power of God. This is called the gift of faith, often tied with prayer and really believing prayer. We, we see some the ability to heal others in distress. It's called the gift of healing. Others, the, to do the unexplainable, they have this ability. That's the gift of miracles. That's precisely exactly what miracles are. They're unexplained things that happen. And apparently in the church in Corinth, there were people who could do this on a regular basis. Uh, the ability to preach or proclaim God's ways, maybe even predict the future, is called prophecy. The, the ability to discern the true from the false, it's called the gift of discernment. We see the ability to speak in other languages that you haven't known, you haven't studied, or interpret what's said. It's called the gift of tongues. Now, it's interesting as we go over this list, uh, I believe these things were working in the church at Corinth, but, but there are some that I, I've never seen any of these, and I'm not even sure the Holy Spirit's working today in some of these ways. Much of what's passed on as miracles today are shams, right? It's not to say that God is not miraculous. I mean, we, I, I prayed for the miraculous today with Andy Krauss being healed of pancreatic cancer. That will take a supernatural, miraculous deal to see him healed. We believe in that, but I don't have the gift of healing. Like, I'm not healing everybody, and I think the only one I've seen with that is Jesus, and maybe the apostles have done it. Um, But much of what is claimed tongues is simply gibberish, quite quite frankly. It's not at all biblical tongues of what's happening there. But these things were in effect during the days of Paul at the church in Corinth. And I have no doubt that this list is far from exhaustive. I mean, to many other ways, there are many other ways that God gifts His people to accomplish His work today that aren't even on this list. 
So th- in other words, right, this is not an exhaustive list, it's a suggestive list. And, and Paul's just kind of throwing out their ways in which God gives people. I mean, because I, I think about how God gives people a special ability to bring encouragement to others, like Barnabas, Acts 4, verse 36. Barnabas is called the son of encouragement because he seemed to have this gift of encouragement, which, which was extra special, like, like seemed to be, like, like of anybody in the congregation, like Barnabas was one who really encouraged people. Uh, God gives people the unique ability to mediate relationships, right? When, when conflict happens, there are some who are better at mediating relationships than other people. They're called peacemakers. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, that they particularly are blessed because they're bringing peace. And, and I think that God gives a, a, a greater ability of some people to make peace with others than with others. God gives people the ability to be bold for Christ, to stand firm and face persecution squared and be the leader, be the one out there like the Ezra or the Nehemiah, boldly standing for the ways of God. And not that we're all called to be, not called to be bold, we are called to be bold. And yet there are some who are especially bold to be able to face that, willing to face the persecution. God gives people the ability to weep with those who weep. It's called compassion, and there's some people that are more compassionate than others. But the point is this, that all of us, every single one who's trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of sins, who's seen their own bankruptcy and has seen the glory of Jesus and recognized the only way that I can stand before a holy God is through trust in Jesus who will take my faith and return it for His righteousness that I'll stand righteous and holy before God with no condemnation before Him. All of us who've trusted in Christ for forgiveness of sins have been given spiritual gifts. And it's not just one. It's not like if you have the gift of knowledge, you don't have the gift of wisdom. And if you are especially good at being a peacemaker, you're, you're not good at encouragement. Oftentimes things go together as people can have great compassion for other people and can serve others and speak into others' lives. And so we, we all have been given these different types of gifts, but it says in verse 11 here that all these are empowered by the one and same Spirit to apportions to each one individually as He wills. And, and I think that the Lord is doing intentionally with design, and I don't think it's just a one-time gift you get at salvation. I think of, I think of knowledge, right? You, you have a gift of knowledge, and that progresses as you learn more and more and more, and you grow in wisdom. Certainly, Jesus grew in wisdom and favor and stature with, with God and, and with man, and there, there are different ways in which God brings us. But God has uniquely gifted us all by His design, and the design is this, that we might function rightly as a church, each of us serving in our area of gifts to, serve, to build up the body of Christ. It's really simple, right? In what ways have you been gifted? Are you using that to build up the body of Christ? That's what 1 Corinthians 12 is calling us to. As God's gifts, of course, glorify God, and as they, they are for our common good, and they're for all believers. The beginning of verse 12, and carrying on through really the end of the chapter, Paul gives the illustration of the human body, and I just, but we're, we're like a body. I, I, I don't know how nice to explain that other than to say he just, he gives us an anatomy lesson, if you will. So if you want to go back to your anatomy and physiology in school, you, you can do that. And in verse 12, he begins. Verse 12 and 13 are sort of a summary, and then he goes into some more explanation. He says this. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. This is really a summary of the rest of the chapter. Like you think about a body has many members, has a 
head, hair, nose, toes, and feet, and knees, and ankles, and ligaments, and arteries. It got many members, but they're one body, and so it is with Christ. There there are many members, and and he just throws out, right, there are, are Jews, and Greeks, and slaves, and free, like all these people, different social classes, different perspectives, different areas, different backgrounds, because we're, we're different too. And we all come from different places, and yet there is one body. We're all made to drink of one spirit because we're baptized into the body of Christ. And, and just as a body has as many members with its hands and feet, or eyes and ears, or mouths and tongues, or fingers with dexterity, or muscles to help us move, or nerves to help us sense the world, but we're one body. And our members are members of one body, and so there's the picture of all of us. We're, we're one body, but we got many members making up that one body. It's the church. We, we are different, right? Some of us are tall and some of us are short. Some of us are strong and some are weak. Some are gifted to work with their heads and some are gifted to work with their hands. Some have good speaking gifts and some have good serving gifts, and yet we're one body and it all needs to work together to form a whole, to function well. Just like, like imagine if your finger or your toe decides to do something else, right? You, you can't do that. You can't just, like, imagine, right, half your body doing one thing and half your body doing another. It just doesn't work that way. And so Paul gives this, this little explanation, this, this illustration that anyone can understand, even, even the kids, the smallest of kids can understand this. Even some kids in the nursery could understand this. Here it is. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And this really is the point of church membership, that God calls each of us as individuals to be a part of a bigger whole, where each of us can use our various gifts in the building up of the local church. Listen, nobody can say, well, because I don't have speaking gifts, I don't belong to the body. can't say that. Because, yeah, you might not be a mouth, but you might be an eye, and you're a part of that. No, No one can say, because I'm not very bold in being a witness, I don't belong to the body. No, that, that's not true. It, just because you, you seem to cower sometimes, it doesn't mean you're not part of the body. And nobody can say, because I'm not a leader, I don't belong to the body. You, you can't say that because not everyone's leaders. If everyone was leaders, you'd have chaos. You know, oh, because I'm not so compassionate, I don't belong to the body. No, God has is, God is given gifts of compassion to people more than, than other gifts. You, you cannot say these things. God calls each of us to play whatever role we are in a local church. And God equips us all in a unique way, and God is calling all of you, all of us, to use our gifts, whatever they are, to serve in the body. And if you're here at Rock Valley Bible Church, and if Rock Valley Bible Church is your home church, if you're a believer in Christ, God has given you these gifts then, and He's calling you to use these gifts here for the benefit of all. And with our transition from informal membership at Rock Valley Bible Church to a formal membership at Rock Valley Bible Church, we're just seeking to provide more intentionality in this process. 
That's what we're doing. Just, just trying to be more intentional about identifying gifts and, and, and putting things down and helping people in that process. Because God has been highly intentional in putting you here. Highly intentional that you're here at Rock Valley Bible Church. There's no accident that you are, are here this morning. And in fact, even Paul says in, in Acts chapter 17 about how God determines the places and boundaries where all of us live and dwell. He determines where you live. He determines when you're living. He knows our first breath. He knows our last breath. And it's no accident that you are right here because he's caused it all by design. Just as a body is caused by design, like in verse 18, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. And as he chose the members of your body to work together, so that you could walk, and so you could talk, and so you could think. So also, it's God doing that with every church around the nation as well, around the world. He's designing it, bringing people there. See, God has been highly intentional in bringing you here, and we as leaders of the church are simply trying to identify that, clarify that together as a church. And so basically, becoming a formal member at Rock Valley Bible Church, your chance to say, I'm here. This is where God has placed me. This is where I'm going to use my gifts for God's glory and for the common good because I'm a believer and I have received that gift. I understand that I'm just a part of a body. And I say we need this church membership. We need it coming out of COVID where some of our churches are scattered. We just need to take inventory. We just need to say, okay, so where, where are we? Where, where's this new Rock Valley Bible Church defined post-COVID? Who's in? Who's out? Who wants to be shepherded by the elders? Who wants guidance and care in how they serve? We just need clarity at this time. And even in verse 21, beginning there, Paul speaks of the need. He says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. <laughs> Nor again, the head of the f- to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Here it is. Again, God's sovereignty in this whole thing. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Just We need each other is really what that is. We need to understand our our roles. Not only get benefit, right? To to give to be benefit, but also even to receive help in our time of need. I mean, how how do you think that uh, people in a time of need get help at Rock Valley Bible Church? It's it's by people coming around in their giftedness to come and help. We've seen that over and over and over and over again. You're to be commended in that. Then I love the way verse 27 puts it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So on the one hand, we're one body, one group, all together. And just, I think, when are we one body, one group, all together? But Sunday mornings, right? We gather for worship. We pray together. We're taught together. We fellowship afterwards. We express our unity in that time. We're one body of Christ. Yet there's an individuality of our body as well. So verse 27 expresses how we're individual members of it. Each of us playing our part. Fulfilling our role, which, by the way, is difficult to do in a big setting. We need a smaller group. We need smaller groups of people where you can interact, 
where you can encourage, where you can be an, an encouragement or be encouraged by others. In a small group where you can express your gifts, where you can serve others by what you say, what you do, because you understand just even on the individual level how it is that you can, you can work. Because there are some that maybe have more upfront gifts and maybe some have more behind-the-scenes gifts. And everywhere, a lot of that just happens in the smaller groups. And, and just think about that. I, I just say this. In the grandest scheme of things, right, when it comes to church and, and church body and, and church life, there the are really, really three things that this text is calling us to. is a, a big group showing our unity, and then maybe a smaller group where we can show our service. Right? To be involved in the big group, be involved in the small group, and be serving someplace. Big group, small group, a place of service someplace in that mix. And at Rock Valley Bible Church, this is really where the rubber meets the road. That's why I've called my message this morning, Membership Matters, because membership does matter. And we've had a strong membership here at Rock Valley Bible Church. It's just been informal. I mean, I think the body life at our church has been very good. We've pushed that a lot, just natural body life. But we're looking just to, to make it uh, formal, and that's the matter. So I just want to spend some time practically talking about just how we're going to proceed from here, just in a practical membership matters sort of way at Rock Valley Bible Church. As I said, a year and a half ago, we presented this membership form and entitled An Expression of Commitment. And uh, I know many of you, like uh, many of you here, most all of you, uh, except some people visiting with us, um, haven't signed this because you're newer to the church. But I, I presented that as an opportunity for you to express your commitment to say Rock Valley Bible Church, where I'm engaged. It also allows the elders just to say our commitment then to, to serve you in humility and grace, understanding that we're going to give an account of, of your souls to the Lord because you said, hey, this is where I am, and we will give that account to the Lord. The back of the sheet, it gives a place for testimony, how God saved you. Uh, and, and even down here at the bottom, right, a, a place I want to serve the, the church and the following ministries, just places where you're going to serve. And then about baptism, the Lord commands you to be baptized after coming to faith in Christ. So we just want to have that discussion about baptism. Now, this document is, is really nothing more than a way in which we DTR, we define our, our relationship. Um, but it, it, in some regards, nothing changes. In some regards, lots changes. Really, it's an opportunity for us elders to know who's in the body who we're responsible to care for. Hebrews 13.7 13.17 tells us that spiritual leaders will give an account to the Lord for how they have shepherded those under their care. And um, this is one of the most scary verses in the Bible for me. Just to let you know, be frankly quite honest. Because when I read this verse, I instantly think of all the ways in which I have failed to shepherd the body of Christ. I failed to shepherd people in the body. I, 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 comes to my mind, first of the phone calls I haven't made, the notes I haven't written, the comfort that I haven't given, the people I haven't visited, the people who've never been to my home, yet are in this church, they've never been to my home. I'm like, I, I just think of all my failures in that. Because in some regards, right, I will give an account to the Lord. Why didn't you call that person? I just, because I failed. And, and, and why didn't you help that person there? I failed. And, and why didn't you dig into that relationship? Why don't you, why don't you push there a little bit more? <laughs> and, and so I, I just tell you that this is one of the scariest verses in the Bible, just to be honest with you. And I think some regards, with an informal membership, 
it has uh, pushed my bounds of responsibility beyond even I, 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 I'm concerned with people who have really no concern for us. They've never said, yeah, I want to be at Rock Valley Bible Church, but I'm concerned for them, and I reach out to them, and as I lack, I'm like, oh, man, well, I could have done more. But this document really helps us as elders to know, okay, who wants spiritual care? Who wants us to help? Who's part of the body? Who we can help slide in with places of service so they can fulfill the, the body? Right? Who's, who's here on Sunday mornings? Who, who's drifting? We need to pursue them. Who, where are things? Who, who do we need to follow after? And we as elders have really been thinking about, okay, if we have a defined group of people, how is it that we can have systematic, regular interactions with people? And we're considering just even establishing just this yearly visit with each family who's a member of the church. Not, not in a way of condemning, but more of a way like a yearly checkup, like you would do with a physician to, to check in with you, to encourage you, to hear your concerns, to pray with you and your family. Thinking about doing that on a yearly basis, so setting something up like that, that, that just says, okay, so this is something those who said they're here and want care, we will we'll be in every house in every year at some point. That, that's pretty daunting, but sort of the idea of capturing this responsibility here. Now, I'm, I'm thankful for most of you who filled out this document, as I've spoken with most of you about the document then, but, but then with my sabbatical last summer, and then with COVID, and all the things we fit, we've not been able to have a, a time of celebration where, where things are, are, are fully done, where elders have even signed this, and we come together as a happy, unified, committed church with well-defined boundaries. But we as church just said, you know, now's the time to push, now's the time just to just to wrap this up and to help us at church really regain the momentum that COVID has, has took from us. So over the next few weeks, I'll be contacting every family here that, that signed this form and um, just kind of saying, hey, we, we talk any concerns about that, talk about that just to kind of have another conversation with you just to say, hey, make sure like this uh, fall sometime we have a celebration like you're in, right? Are you still there? Because quite frankly, there, there are some who express their formal desire to be part of the church and yet through COVID, they've just been gone. And um, various reasons, and for one reason or another, um, it's kind of been an awkward time. Like, who's really in and who's really out, you know, in the weekly words, it goes out to the, the people of the church. And by the way, that, that's going to be a defining thing. The, the weekly word goes out to those who are members is where that's going to be. And there are people there that haven't come, but I've sent it out to them thinking that, well, maybe they'll come back um, now that things are looking better, and, but they haven't. And so I'm going to contact every family who's done that and clean up the, the weekly word with that, it just as things are stabilizing again, um, just to define who's here and some who aren't. So th those are the categories. If you signed it and you're here like, and you want to do this, I'm just going to confirm that. Um, for people who have signed it and who are, I'm going to contact every family and, and just see there, there might be reasons why they just haven't come back yet. Um, totally fine with that, but see where, where they are. Um, but for you who are newer um, and you say, hey, you know, I want to be part of that. I want to be a, a member of the church. I think what would be best, you didn't hear these four sermons that I gave back in January 2020. Uh, we'll have some meetings. We'll have some talk. And I, I'm, I'm just even envisioning after church, have a lunch, and then we just meet together for a couple Sundays just to talk through Rock Valley Bible Church, our, our mission, our, our values, our vision, our mission, what are our beliefs? What are our practices? What's the flavor? What's the vibe of our church? Talk through the issues of membership. And if that's you, if you want to be involved in that class, just let's talk, and uh, we'll, get that, we'll get that done for all who are interested, and we'll just see where people are, and we'll just arrange a uh, couple, couple times to meet um, to answer that question. Now, one of, one of the questions that I, I've been asked recently is this, well, how can I serve? How can I serve? Like, do I, 
And um, a lot of times what I say is, well, why don't you just come, why don't you hang around, <clears throat> get to know people, and opportunities to serve will come. Um, but I've been encouraged to put together something more formally, and so I've put together this little document, just a first draft. It's probably not, not so good. We probably should have had this long, long ago. Um, it's my failures as a pastor for sure, uh, just not being as organized, uh, leaking more organic. But these are on the back table. You can, you can grab some, and where I'm wrong, please tell me, or where you need a different contact. But, but if, if you look here, what, what this really is, is uh, it says Rock Valley Bible Church, opportunities to connect and serve. Now, I'm not going to bore you with this, but just think about um, just where are places to connect with church. And, and we have our public gatherings, our prayer meeting at, at 9 o'clock in the morning, 9.15 in the morning right now, downstairs. We're thinking about bringing it back upstairs at 9 o'clock. We'll let you know about that. But prayer meeting is a great place to connect, great place to pray for the church, like the early church did. The early church was earnest in prayer together. And that's our public meeting. It's a public gathering. Come and pray. Worship service, right? Just right here. You're all in here. Welcome. It's a... So it's a great time for us to gather, to connect. Fellowship after church, that's a huge time for us, right? We have prayer before church, we have our church meeting, and then afterwards we have a time where we connect with people. So stand up, stay around, talk to people. It's how you, you want to connect, just stand up, wait 30 seconds for someone to talk to you. Wednesday's youth group, right, for the, for the youth. That meets every Wednesday night. That's going to start again. Um, contact Brian Mulder if you bought that. If you want to do that, small groups, like we've had small groups before COVID kind of smashed them, but we're looking to start those again in the fall. I've been encouraged to do more officially with that. But in the past, we kind of said, hey, our small groups are meeting. This time we're going to try to push for some signups and just to say, can you commit from September to November? Just saying, and whenever I'm available, I can, I can be at that small group. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to start that just as encouraging an opportunity where you want to connect. Say, I don't, I don't know people. Well, connect at a small group, like go to a small group and here they are. Here are the names, here when they meet. So just giving you opportunities to sort of step in. Also food, we're looking at starting uh, Sunday snacks again, uh, just right out here. The purpose is to extend our fellowship time. We're looking to do that. Um, uh, our monthly potluck, uh, just a lead person that stepped down. So we need a, another lead person just can say, just the one to point to, just who's going to organize and help our monthly potluck go first Sunday of the month. Uh, besides the seeds, we, behind the scenes, we got greeters, we nursery workers, children's church, tech, Back there, audio and video. Thanks, Steffi and Colin. But they're leaving to college. <laughs> so we need some, some help back there. And talk to Jake and talk to Ryan if you're interested in, in music or, or building. Right? We need some people even that. Ray would be a good place to talk to. And if you're interested in improvements and mowing, Gary Weeby's doing that. And uh, cleaning, the Gieschels have been helping with that. Uh, even the library, we can help with that. Just, Lots of, I mean, those are just all official things. And then what I want to do is um, really talk a little bit about small groups here, though. Our, our details are coming in. These are small groups, but so there are some instances where this small group, just meeting, place, dynamic, just doesn't work for you, and I understand that, and that's okay. But I would just encourage you, if you're not coming to an official small group, do you have a small group that you're coming to? Do you have a smaller group of people in the church, people you maybe you're meeting regularly with, you have some sort of setup with that, because it requires, right, big church, big gathering, small gatherings, place to serve, a small gathering of any type. Just, just be involved and be engaged in some sort of smaller level with some people um, dealing with some spiritual things. And you can do that informally, even if the, if the official small groups don't work for you, that's that's fine, but if you don't, then like, why don't you come to a small group? Um, and then one of the things I want to do, I do want to just read the back of this paper that, uh, that is here because I think it's very, and, and this 
you know, this, this like keeps the church going, but this is my heart to see the church operate in this way. And the church operates like this. It says, things may be less programmed, but just as important. So here's some instances, a way that you can serve at church. Greet new people or people you don't know. Remember their names. Write them down. Greet them if they return, by name if possible. If appropriate and natural, get a contact information. Follow up later in the week. Have a chat. Have a phone call. Like if, if you hit it off with someone, let, then do that. Do life together with people at the church throughout the week. Have people over for meals. People in your house for meals. I'm not sure. We, we had a couple of families in our house for meals this week. Got several families lined up. We just that's, It's just a good thing to do is have people in your house. Uh, for meals. Have play dates with your kids if your kids are appropriate. So moms, you can spend some time together and your kids are playing. Help one another with mundane tasks. Hey, I got this thing I got to do. Well, do it with someone else. You're doing it. They're doing it. Go ahead and, and do it together. Um, just uh, like one. These are just examples, by the way. Like Avon's been into learning about freezer meals. So like maybe have some people over for freezer meals. Like wh whatever. Just do some things together. Use the skills you have to help someone in need. We, did, we saw that. Andy Krause, he's sick. He needs a deck built. Many of you came over and just helped him build a deck. You work for food. That's a great, great way to work, right? Bring a meal to someone, right? Babysit it. Exchange babysitting. Young families, just, just swap that. That would be helpful. Uh, work out together. Just run, walk, bike, gym class, just something. Just doing life together. That could be a small group. Like I... You know, I work out like three times a week with someone, six o'clock in the morning before work, and that becomes sort of a small group where you can encourage one another and maybe read a book together, join some class or do something together. Perhaps even include non-believers from outside the church along with someone from church. Just these are like organic ideas. Here it is. Pay attention to, the no and to notice the needs of the lives of people. Offer your help. Be willing to ask for and be willing to accept help. Pray for one another. Send a text. Let's say you're praying. Text a verse or link with something biblical helpful. Read a book, perhaps, with someone. Bear one another's burdens. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Just the idea of that is just very organic. If you know people, really natural, just trying to reach out and do some things for one another. And, uh, you know, there are some times where this is not only super easy, but can be super encouraging uh, for other people. And I just close with one final story. I uh, hope to put a smile on your face. Uh, as you know, I, I'm reaching out to people in the pool community. I'm trying to be a light in a dark place. And uh, there's a guy in the, the pool community who I play with um, who is who's retired now. I think he, he worked for Sunstrand for years, and he's doing well. He's got uh, five season tickets to the Bears, and uh, his brother's got five season tickets as well. I, I, went to a pre, I bought some preseason tickets off of him a couple years ago, and I uh, told him, preseason's perfect for me. I'm a pastor. I can't go to a pro game on Sunday. In fact, two years ago, it was the very first pro game I ever went to, right? Because it was, I normally they're so expensive, and he gave me a discount on stuff, and so I just told him how much we appreciated it, and so he gave me 10 free tickets to the Bears game yesterday. And I asked lots of you guys um, if you wanted to come, and I know you turned me down, and I know, I think Garth turned me down, as I remember, did he? I think he did. I can't remember. Mike, you turned me down. Andy, you turned me down. Bill Gieschel, you turned me down. In fact, you would have gone? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I told my wife, I said, by principle, I'm not going to invite any Packers fans. So that, I just by, I, so I didn't invite the Molders, and I, I didn't invite you. You're, I, I just, I, by principle, I didn't. However, I broke down 
when I was so desperate, I had uh, two tickets left because some folks canceled them. I had 10 guys lined up. It was perfect. And two guys canceled me, and so I'm asking a bunch of people. I asked my unsaved neighbor if he would come, and he, he said, yeah, I'd love to, but I can't do this. I asked someone who's just come to church a little bit if they would come. They said, yeah, I'd love to, but they're out of town. So I did break down. I asked the Browns. But I asked him under the conversion condition, I said, we're going to try to convert you. And he says, you can't convert me. I'm pretty convinced. So anyway, we got, we got 10 people. We, got, we, got, well, we, had, we had eight actually come because the last person just turned me down like half an hour before we we're going to go. And uh, so we had these, these folks at uh, the Bears game, and uh, there is our, our, our crowd. And um, just to give you an idea of where the tickets were, the bad news is they were on the Dolphins sideline, and the good news is that they were in the third and fourth rows. So that's, that's not like coming, hey, let's, let's go up and let's, let's go way to the front and snap a picture. We're standing in our seats. Like, and my pool buddy gave them to me for free. Like, they're like $150 tickets if you want to buy them a Ticketmaster. And so just super gracious to us. Uh, well, if you, if you look, some of those that came were Kent and Jake kind of way in the background. And a funny story is Jake, Kent was asking Jake, he says, uh, are we going to get a ball? Are we going to get a ball? Like, he's been, you've been to pro baseball games? Yeah, so, so you've seen, like, the pro baseball games, right? The balls go in the field, and you get balls all the time, right? Do you get a ball at a football game? <laughs> you don't get balls at a football game. Though I did see the kickers kicked it over the net on a number of occasions. I was like, wow, what happens? They're going to get that ball, maybe? I'm like, I don't know. Do you have to throw it back? I don't know how it works. Because nobody gets footballs at a football game. But Kent thought he gets a football at a football game. So here, here's Kent. You can see him way over here with his buddy. His buddy's got a, a field shirt on, uh, who played very well, by the way, in the third quarter. And uh, there's, there's Kent right there. And Kent, like, all the second half was talking to 5, 44, and 7. And what were you saying, Kent? Hey, and you're saying, fins up, I hear? No, we're saying that? All right, well, you were telling him, but you were saying, you told me you said that. You said, ball, 7, ball, 44, ball. He's just over and over relentless because he thinks he's going to get a ball. But you don't get balls at a football game, but that's what he's doing. And um, Kent told me that, that uh, at one point, 7 said, but 44 whispered, it would let mouth to him. And then, uh, sure enough, game ended, and Mr. Fields in the shirt went up, and Mr. 44 gave him a ball. Aww. It's amazing, huh? I'm like blown away. Because you don't get balls in football games, but he, he believed it and he thought about this. But here's, here's my perspective, okay? So think about, think about old 44 here. Right? He's the long snapper, and uh, he heard this kid just time and time and time again. How much did it cost 44 just to take that ball and give it to Kent? How much did it cost him? Like nothing. I don't even know if he's got to pay for the ball. Like nothing. Super easy. He's a professional athlete, got a lot of things. He just does this and just does this tiny little thing that maybe he'll forget in two months from now. Do you think Kent will ever forget that? Never. <laughs> and so just, I, I just encourage you to think about your service at church. There might be real simple, easy things that you can do for people because that's your giftedness that they then will think the world of you and be thankful after you've done that and be, be grateful. Like, uh, you know, the, this guy who gave me pool tickets, he knows I'm a pastor. My, I, I would never pay $150 for those tickets. I just... 
<laughs> wouldn't do it. And, and he is gracious. He just gave that. He's an unbeliever. I feel like he's like Cyrus. You know, we're reading through the book of Ezra and Nehemiah with some guys here at church just recently in our Bible reading. And it was the, it was the unbelieving governor who gave the funds to the, the Jews to go back and build the, the city and the temple and the wall. And when they faced opposition... And they went back to Artaxerxes, and they said, no, 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 you can't do that. They're a rebellious city. And he goes back to Artaxerxes. He looks, in his, uh, he, looks, he looks back in the archives and says, no, no, Cyrus made that decree. Here, you go get this, and you, you got all this, and I'm fully funding you. Like, that can happen. Even people outside the church can help bless us inside the church. But he, so thankful for that. We had such a great time, built a great memory, and it was a great illustration of how you can serve other people. It doesn't cost you much but can it be a huge benefit and blessing to other people? And that's the vision I think that 1 Corinthians 12 tells us of, is one body, lots of gifts, all working together in their way to build up the body. And I, my, my open prayer is this. We formalize our membership at Rock Valley Bible Church that we would know in even a greater way of what it means to serve one another, that we would be built up for God's glory and for our good. So let's pray together. Oh, Father, this is uh, your church. Uh, it's a church that you love far more than I love. You love the church so much that you would die for the church. And certainly you died for the universal church. You died for all who would believe. And yet, God, you have died for Rock Valley Bible Church. And you've died for each and every one of us who believe and trust in you. And in that, God, we do rejoice. Thank you in your sovereignty, how you bring people here in your way, in your time to see your church built, and I pray that we would merely be responsible in responding um, and just seeking to, to, to do just a formal membership, um, God, in, in a way that's just different than what we have practiced before. And I pray, God, that you would help calm my anxious heart and just having a, a change of this at Rock Valley Bible Church, and, and I pray that it we would function well, oh God, that it would cause us even in a greater way to enjoy your grace. God, the grace that comes through Jesus Christ, that we might, God, even in a greater way, God, seeing a, a well-functioning body that loves one another and serves one another, God, extend your glory, not only in Love's Park, not only in greater part of Rockford, but around the world, God, for your glory and for the fame of your name. So bless us this day, O oh God, and be with us, God, that your salvation may be proclaimed among the nations, because we want the peoples to praise you, O oh God, and we want the nations to be glad and to sing for joy. So help us, we pray, help us just even conviction of things maybe we've heard, not to um, be burdensome, God, to be joyful. As we sang earlier today, I love thy kingdom, Lord. Um, the heart before me stands, dear as the apple of my eye and graven on my hands. May the church be like that to us in our heart, O oh God, that we would love the church of Jesus Christ and long to serve one another as we serve your church. God, that we might be presented to you someday, no spot or wrinkle or any such thing as we read in Ephesians 5 today. So bless us this day, O oh God, as we go forth, I pray even here, we'd have contacts that are made, that we would speak with one another so we know how to serve one another. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, great, thank you. Uh, next week, we're going to be in Acts chapter 11, uh, which is kind of nice passage reviews from uh, Acts chapter 10, where we were about a month and a half ago. And uh, so you can be there. And I'll be calling uh, many of you families in the next couple of weeks. So 
You are dismissed. Have a great Lord's Day, and I will meet with the kids. We'll go over your notes uh, right here. Thank you.